as we just heard, we're standing inside the ghetto, and this is the wall behind us. The ghetto represented so much pain of Klal Yisrael, things that went on during the ghetto, inside the ghetto. So painful to, to talk about, to think about the life that they led, the difficulties that they went through, how hard life was. I just want to bring to your attention one particular story, probably one of the most inspiring chapters of the Holocaust for myself to read and to speak about, centers on a group of young Hasidic men that were known as the Matistovim. The group was led by someone called Matis Gelman, who was a young man who actually became religious as a teenager. When Matis Gelman turned 15, he had an encounter, a small encounter with the Chotkev Rebbe. After meeting the Rebbe, Matis decided, that's it, I want to become religious. His parents discouraged him from adopting this new lifestyle and eventually they ultimately banished him from the house. Matis then fled to Poland where he became a fully-fledged Gera Chosid. And it was there that he brought new levels and he impacted lives of tens, hundreds of perhaps people and brought them to new levels of Mesiris Nefesh and Ava Sashem and commitment to the Rabboni Shalom. At that time, the Germans stormed through Poland and they conquered the entire country, as we know, within just a few weeks of his arrival. The Polish army was just no match for the German fighting machine and immediately the anti-Semitic decrees went out regarding how Jews were to act, dress and even walk. One of those decrees was against Jewish men having beard and payas. Many were forced to shave off what had become a badge of honour for many Jews on occasions Officers would mock Jews by cutting their beards publicly, pulling out their hair in a very humiliating fashion. But there was a group, one group of Gera Hasidim that refused to comply and did not remove their beard. The refusal meant that none of the group could ever be seen in public and therefore they could not go out to obtain food. Nevertheless, their commitment not to shave was so strong. Matus himself inspired all of his followers to defy the orders by instilling in them a message. Our oppressors cannot take away our neshamas. Realizing that death almost certainly awaited all of them, he rationalized, if we're going to die either way, we may as well die with the Gomorrah in our hand and with the word of the Rabboni Shalom's Torah on our lips. The group hid in basements and bunkers and would go long periods of time without food. At nights... Some of them would sneak out and find some scraps they would bring back to others. Soon, somehow, eventually the ghetto was almost empty. Virtually no Jews were left. Hoping to smoke out the last few rebels, the Nazis set building after building a flame. And the flames spread quickly throughout the ghetto. Within a day or so, there would be nobody left alive. After the war, a notebook was found with the final record of one of the heroes who died, one of this group. The following entry was the last one recorded in this diary. And it reads as follows. I am now alone. No one else left here with me. The suffering we've experienced over the past few days is unimaginable. Most probably the flames will consume me within the next few hours. The thick and suffocating clouds of smoke are seeping through the cracks into the room where I'm hiding. No doubt it's permissible for me at this point to give up my life 
and jump into the flames of fire. I fought hard and violently. This would enable me to forfeit the rest of my battle and therefore my pain. But I recall the famous story, one that was recounted by the Chofetz Chaim when he lost his child. The story took place during the times of the Spanish Inquisition. The identity of one of the Moranos had finally been revealed and he was able and forced to take his family and flee on a moment's notice. Having to leave all of his wealth and riches behind, he made his way through a secret tunnel onto a ship and ended up in Morocco. Once he was there, he settled temporarily with a group of fugitives and other escapees. The surroundings were pitiful and soon a deadly infectious disease broke out. One son got sick and died, then another and another. Finally, his wife got the same illness. It was impossible to comprehend a few short weeks before he had been a wealthy man with a beautiful family, living at the top of luxury. Now he had nothing. He wouldn't complain, but in great pain he called out, What more do you want to take from me? What more do you want to take from me that I should stop believing in you? Almost all of my fellow Jews have been forced to flee our homeland. I was forced to leave my my home and hide in a dark cellar. And I loved you. I lost my wealth. And I still love you. You took away my children and my wife. And I still love you. What else do you want to take from me that I will not continue to believe in you and love you? I only have two things left. I have my life and my faith. The soul is yours and the body is your handiwork. If you want to, take them. They're yours. All that remains is my emunah, is my faith. And the Rabbi Nishalolam, although everything in the world is under your control, there is just one thing that's mine and mine alone. And that's my emunah. That's the faith. And that even you cannot take away from me. So if you want to end my life, then do so. Now, this young hero in the ghetto here in Poland concluded his journal. This was the last entry he put in his diary. I debated whether I should jump into the raging flames that surround me and saw myself and save myself from perhaps a few moments of pain and suffering. But as I prepared to die, I realize now more than ever how precious is every moment I can spend here on earth. Therefore, I will do nothing to shorten my life even by just a few minutes. For every second is precious. It's an extra opportunity to believe in the Rabbi Nishalolam and to love Hashem. I no longer have my family or friends. They've been taken away from me. But there is someone left with whom I can spend these last moments and I want to spend them with you. So I choose you, Hashem. To you, I choose to say to you that nothing you will do will ever break me. It's here that I choose to crown you here that I choose to love you. Jump in the flames? Never. I'll continue to fight to be with you, to believe in you, until the very last moment, until I can fight no longer. I will love you forever, dear Father. Amen.